I say, you know, if I want to prove that cotton balls are dangerous and I put it and I say like, well, I have to put it in uh, this culture. This is how it's done. So in my culture is kerosene and uh, on top of it is a hot lamp. And I come back <laughs> and a few minutes later and the cotton ball bursts into flames. I take a picture of it and proclaim myself the discoverer of the dangerous nature of cotton balls. <laughs> you know, that's like what what created that the issue with the cotton ball. It was the kerosene, it was the conditions in the in the culture, the heat, right? And that's exactly right. what they're doing. Culture aside, they never even validate that that clinical sample they took from the sick person ever contained a virus to begin with. Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. This week, we welcome Patrick Black onto the show. Patrick Black is an actor, an essayist, and artist turned researcher who has been studying COVID-19 and exposing the pseudoscience of virology and allopathic medicine since 2020. He's currently the host of A Light On, a podcast aimed at revealing the lies and inconsistencies surrounding the supposed pandemic and everything in between. And that is where I found him on his incredible podcast when I was exploring the myth around contagion, which is the name of the book you will now find on Amazon called The Truth About Contagion, Exploring Theories of How Disease Spreads. And this is a book by Sally Fallon and Dr. Thomas Cohen. So if you have been following me through these episodes, we had Sally on a couple of months ago and she talked briefly about this book. And so obviously I was so curious and really just dove into it. And it's so enlightening. If you have the time to read it, then I really recommend that you do. If you have any questions coming up, such as are viruses real or is it actually toxic living conditions and 5G that are to blame for COVID-19? If you have these kind of questions, go to that book. It doesn't just talk about that. It talks about the history of viruses and vaccines and it's so informative and the way that it's written is so simple and it just keeps you hooked. So there's another book that Dr. Thomas Cohen wrote called Vaccines, Autoimmunity and the Changing Nature of Childhood Illnesses. As there has been a rise in autoimmune diseases in children, some have said this is an increase in awareness and diagnosis, whilst Dr. Thomas Cohen argues that it is actually corresponding to the increase in the number of vaccines in American children, as they're typically receiving approximately 70 vaccine doses by the age of 18. And Dr. Cohen looks at emerging evidence that certain childhood illnesses are actually protective of diseases later on in life. And he examines the role of fever, the gut, and cellular fluid in the immune system. And he argues that vaccination is an ineffective and harmful attempt to shortcut a complex immune response and asserts that the medical establishment has been engaged in a authoritarian argument that robs parents of informed consent. His ultimate question, from the viewpoint of a doctor who has decades of experience treating so many children is what are we really doing to children when we vaccinate them? So one thing that we go into is the germ theory. And Patrick talks about Louis Pasteur. 
you might recognize his name because actually he was the guy who invented pasteurization, which is something that we use all around the world. And it's most famously the method used with milk. So Louis Pasteur convinced a skeptical medical community that contagious germs cause disease. And his germ theory now serves as the official explanation for most illnesses. However, in his private diaries, he states that in his entire career, he was not once able to transfer disease with a pure culture of bacteria, but he admitted that the whole effort to prove contagion was a failure, leading to his famous deathbed confession that the germ is nothing, the terrain is everything. When I reached out to Patrick and asked if he'd join me on the show to talk about immunizations and vaccines, He really wanted to get into how our bodies are so misunderstood. That was really the main priority for him because if we understand our bodies and if we understand the science and research behind how vaccines are created, then we will be able to make an informed decision that will serve us and our families. This episode is not to offer medical advice. It is to explore what the research is telling us and to reclaim our power to make informed decisions and to get to know our bodies a little better, to trust them. And I know that this is a very touchy subject and there is so much to be said, but it is one that is always coming up. And at the very end of this episode, we talk about Bruce Lipton's work. I've been reading his book, recently the biology of belief and the biology of belief describes a revolutionary change in biology and explores a new approach to the connection between mind and matter and it's a really beautiful book it explains everything so simply and dr bruce lipton's philosophy is that beliefs control human biology rather than dna and inheritance So that's another deep topic. I hope one day to get him onto the show to explore this more. But it's just another point of view looking at why we can get sick, why we can experience illness and disease. So very, very interesting. And I know if you're here listening to this episode, then you are curious too. I'm going to leave all the information in the show notes with some resources so you can start to explore if this is of interest to you. And as I'm here, I would like to welcome you to our weekly free healing circles. Every Wednesday, we have a conscious dance online. You don't have to dance. You can just be with us and the playlist for 60 minutes maybe you're cooking or cleaning or breathing or walking whatever it is join us in that space super healing just to get back to your body and then every other saturday we have a 30 minute gathering where we explore a certain emotion so last week we explored loneliness and each week there'll be a different theme in the show notes i'm going to leave the link For you to subscribe to receive the free Zoom links. So you can just click and get access straight away. Also through that, once I have your email, I can send you the recording as well. And finally, we're in the last few weeks of the 50% off the Ancestral Healing six-week course. The link will be in the show notes so you can go and check out what will be happening over them six weeks. Anything else that I want to share this week? 
nope i think that is it i would love to hear how you all are doing so be sure to connect on instagram okay before we start let's check in with our body and our breath placing your hands on your heart and taking three deep breaths into the heart space and every exhale feel the space at the back of the neck to the shoulders down the spine relax Hear your breath, feel your beautiful body. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks so much. Thank you for being here. So, to start, I just want to mention to our listeners that I found you through looking at podcasts actually I was searching through Spotify about the contagion myth because I just had a conversation with Sally uh, Fallon Morell have you heard of her of course yes yeah I saw I saw that episode I was listening to it today yeah oh that was oh that episode was incredible and she was talking at the end about her new book the contagion myth And that was with Thomas Cohen, Dr. Thomas Cohen. And so I'm looking around on Spotify and I come across you. (laughs) And I found that you have an episode, I think it's episode 27, with Dr. Jordan Grant. And I was just like, wow, this episode blew my mind because I hadn't heard anyone speaking um, like this before. So before we get into that, (laughs) whatever we get into today, please can you share with our listeners how you got to this point today of creating your wonderful podcast and anything else that you're, you're doing in the world. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a process since, since 2020, you know, I, um, everything in 2020 went down and I, I kind of, uh, I knew something wasn't, wasn't quite right. And I, I sort of became obsessed with, uh, researching, um, medical science and everything that had to do with with coronavirus and you know mm. everything they were talking about on the news because I you know I hadn't I, I don't trust the government and I don't, I don't trust <laughs> the mainstream media for a very long time now mm-hmm. you know I was one of those kids who uh, caught on pretty early thank god <laughs> and so so when they were talking about all of this stuff going on I knew that there wasn't some there was something off about it and I had remembered you know the the kind of swine flu scares and the the bird flus and the the Ebola and all that stuff and you know I still I believed in in germ theory mm-hmm. um, and all that you know my entire life and up until that point um, but I knew there was there wasn't something quite right so it started with me basically obsessively doing research on on <laughs> coronavirus it it led me to the point of you know. Um, you know, at first, I, I, I believed it was a virus because I believed in viruses and all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I thought it was just a weak flu and they were making a big deal of it. And, um, you know, I, I knew that it was this this thing that they were using for to gain more control and mm-hmm. and, um, you know, kind of take over people's rights as they tend to do with, with big uh, events such as these. Um, well, anyway, that eventually led me to, you know, watching more and more videos and reading more studies. And I, I came across like you, uh, Dr. Tom Cowan, and uh, mm-hmm. Sally Morell's uh, book, The Contagion Myth, because I had been hearing, you know, in the background of all my research, I've been hearing, um, you know, have you heard about this thing about viruses not existing? You know, viruses right. don't exist. And I'm like, 
what what are you talking about <laughs> viruses don't, are, you, are you crazy um i mean it, i was more open-minded than that actually because i'm just that's just the type of person i am i was more like oh cool <laughs> like, tell me about okay. that <laughs> yeah tell, i want to know about that i mean i thought it was crazy of course because i believed in those things my whole life but um i had to get to the bottom of it you know this was the next next part of my journey for sure so I, I came across Dr. Andrew Kaufman and he was doing some videos, you know, where he was going through viral cultures and how those were done. And at that point, you know, I, I had no idea what that man was talking about uh, <laughs> because I was, you know, I wasn't well versed in all those things. He's, he's a genius and I'm, you know, I'm just a, a, an actor from New York City. Um, so at first it didn't quite sink in, but I was like, that's, that's really interesting, you know? And then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to pick up this book. The contagion myth. I'm going to see what everybody's talking about. And, you know, Dr. Cowan puts it in, in such simple terms to understand um, that I was, you know, I, I was sold, you know, I read mm. the book and it was such an easy read and it was so understandable. And it was, it was like, wow, you know, there's really no evidence for the existence of viruses. Our bodies don't work this way. Uh, and the germ theory of disease is just a theory and it's never been proven. That's just not how it works. Where did it come so that's from? How I got... well, well, it came the germ from, theory. yeah, the germ theory came from a, a, a few different people back in the day. The most notable would probably be um, Louis Pasteur, who most people know uh, as famous for uh, pasteurization of milk, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, Pasteur, if you read into his history, was a complete and utter fraud. Um, you know, he <laughs> he basically they he he made it a point to tell his family not to release his journals, um, his mm. you know where he did all his experiments, uh, not to release them when he died. And fortunately for us, they did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good old family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you can pick up a book called The Private Science of Louis Pasteur. And in that book, they kind of chronicle how he um, basically defrauded the population. He faked his experiments. He poisoned his animals mm. um, in order to sell vaccines and and kind of promulgate this uh, germ theory of disease where, you know, bacteria is uh, is kind of the culprit, you know, and we're susceptible to these uh, attackers um, and that's just not how we work. But unfortunately, they, you know, they took that theory and they ran with it mm -hmm. because they could build an industry on it. Right? right. They could make money from it. Absolutely. And you can see that today. I mean, everything around us is like this kills 99.9% .9 of right. germs and bacteria or kills viruses. You know, I mean, imagine today if all of that disappeared. What would mm -hmm. happen to that industry, right? Oh my gosh! So he was a big, big culprit, but there were others as well. What's actually happening in our bodies if these viruses? Because one thing that stood out in the in the episode that I listened to with you with you was that they can't locate the virus inside the body. Absolutely, they can't. The whole thing is really a myth, and when you really pull it apart, it's super simple. It's just they they overcomplicate it um, to keep the general public ignorant right? Mm -hmm. They don't want you to know how your body actually works. And, you know, I talked about Pasteur, but he, he had rivals like uh, Claude Bernard and Antoine Béchamp, who uh, spoke about how the body was a self-healing ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? When, when kept in balance, um, you, you don't 
get sick. But when you are over toxic, right, you're eating the bad food, uh, you know, bad food, um, you're around bad air, um, you know, even right. bad feelings. Uh, and, and today, especially, you know, we're surrounded by by toxins everywhere. So when your body is overburdened with these things, you you detox. And that's what a cold and flu is. It's not some submicroscopic particle, mm -hmm. um, because really, they've never found a submicroscopic particle and proven that it causes disease. Um, and so when you talk to virologists today, they'll even admit to you that they cannot find one of these so called viruses in any fluid of the body, no blood, sweat, semen, none of that. They say there is not enough to find. They cannot find it, which is very strange because, you know, they're telling the entire world since 2020 that you're uh, potentially going to breathe in this virus from the air right. um, and it's going to attach to to your cells and replicate and then spread to others. Mm -hmm. And then while simultaneously telling you that it's impossible to find it doing that thing. That's crazy. So how do okay. they justify that? That's insane. So this is how they say that they find a virus. They say they can't, it can't be found in the body, even though they're telling you that it can, right. because that's how you get sick. Right. But they're saying, well, it has to be, it has to be grown in a viral culture. Okay. So <clears throat> this is what they do in a viral culture. They basically take a, a sample, like a, you know, lung sample, mucus, snot, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. which is, you know, um, uh, has tons of other genetic material. Okay. So it's already kind of like contaminated by all manner of, of craziness. Right. They, they, um, so that's what, and that's what they did. They found one sick person in China who presented with symptoms. And, uh, you know, like any normal symptoms, I don't know what he had a run, runny nose or cough, who knows. <laughs> um, so they put this, this clinical sample in a, in a culture with uh, starved monkey kidney cells. The cells have been um, already kind of like starved of their nutrients. And in, in the culture, they put antibiotics like uh, gentamicin and amphotericin. And if you look those up on the internet, you'll find that they're toxic to kidney cells. Right. So they'll essentially kill kidney cells. This is not uh, this is not a conspiracy theory. You can look this up. So they're putting in monkey kidney cells with the clinical sample, right? And when mm -hmm. those and the, and so the marker for proving a virus is the death of those cells. It's called the cytopathic effect. Right. So they're seeing these cells break down into these little particles, and they're saying, "Well, look at that. That's a virus." Uh-huh. And now any normal person would question this process and say, mm -hmm. well, you put in toxic antibiotics in with kidney cells, and they're specifically toxic to kidneys. So what did you <sighs> what did you think was going to happen? Uh-huh. <laughs> right? right. So they're measuring what the outcome is of that. Yes, they're essentially creating the condition that gives them proof of a virus. Mm. so and, and so what um people like dr stefan lanka did was they he did the control experiments because they never bothered to do a control believe it or not um so he he did everything that they do minus the clinical sample from the sick person and 
do you want to get do you want to guess if they got the cytopathic effect <laughs> they they did get the cytopathic effect those cells still died because they're putting in toxic antibiotics that kill things because i mean it's in the very word antibiotics antibio against life right right <laughs> yes oh so, so it's very yeah. simple when you, when you really understand their process, they're creating the environment that gives them the, you know, the, the conditions that, that, that they want, the end result that they want. Right. They're finding what they, they want to find. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of silly when they're saying that they can't find it in the body, but they can only find it in a culture where these conditions are created. Yeah. And I, I, I use a, an analogy a lot too with people and may, maybe it's even simpler I say, you know, if I want to prove that cotton balls are dangerous and I put it and I say like, well, I have to put it in uh, this culture. This is how it's done. So in my culture is kerosene and uh, on top of it is a hot lamp. And I come back <laughs> and a few minutes later and the cotton ball bursts into flames. I take a picture of it and proclaim myself the discoverer of the dangerous nature of cotton balls, <laughs> you know? That's like what, what created that, the issue with the cotton ball, it was the kerosene, it was the conditions in the, in the culture, the heat. Right. And that's exactly right. what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and wow. I want to make a, a, a point real quick too, before I forget is like culture aside, they never even validate that that clinical sample they took from the sick person ever contained a virus to begin with. So, so right. it's kind of moot to even talk about the culture because you never validated X in the equation. You never, you never found the independent variable. It's all a magic trick. It's sleight of hand. I hope that you're enjoying this week's episode. I'd like to take a moment to share a little bit about this week's sponsor, Evolving Humans. Evolving Humans teaches the most effective energy healing technique which we can use to restore balance throughout our whole body. Personally, I have found this practice to be extremely simple and deeply transformative. When I mastered this technique, I was able to regain power over my life. I finally stopped running and distracting myself from my emotions. This technique teaches you to feel the energy in your body and be with it so it can be seen and loved and without any force or suppression and from that space it finds its own path which clears you of any unnecessary tension have you ever suffered with a chronic disease injury mental turbulence heartache depression anxiety i could go on and on the question is what do all of these expressions have in common they create a sensation in your body which creates a discomfort or a pain. What do you usually do when you feel something like this? We are taught to do whatever it takes to remove the pain. Wouldn't you like to heal yourself without relying on an external source? Like I mentioned before, it's so simple. It takes no mental power to do this. You literally just have to feel. Evolving Humans are offering a 10% discount on their course which will share everything you need to know. Visit evolvinghumans.com and use the code MOTHERHOOD22 and I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show.
you know, one of the, the things that always come up in our community is, should we immunize our children? And when I reached out to you, I asked you this question, and I'm really glad that you've gone this uh, route with it, because once you start to understand the body and what's actually happening, then it's easier to make an informed decision. How can we come to that point of deciding that it's not what we need or it's not what our baby needs? What would you say? Like, how could you put it clearly? Well, yeah, you know, that's why I try to... um impress upon people how our body actually works because you you had asked me that you know to to initially talk about vaccines and i kind of said well we don't need to talk about vaccines because they become moot once you understand how the body works they're right. you know with germ theory you're told that your body's your body is this you know fallible kind of um you know broken thing just mm -hmm. waiting waiting to shatter you know or waiting to be attacked there's this war model you know, that, um, that things are attacking you. And you know, you're just like, your time on this earth is is limited, if you don't take pharmaceuticals and take vaccines. Right. And if you really think about it, you know, like, and you don't have to be religious, um, or, you know, all you have to do is understand that there's an intelligent design to the way things work, right? Every, every being on this planet um, works, uh, it has its own you know, defense, de defense mechanisms that, right. um, you know, our, our bodies are self healing. That's just, that's just a fact. You know, when we get a cut, it scabs over and it heals. Mm -hmm. So we're not meant to be on this planet or whatever you consider it, um, to, to be afraid of our own environment, to be afraid of each other, no less. Right. right. We're not, we're not, we're made to connect with one another, not to fear one another. That's just not how, whether, you know, whether, whatever you believe created us, we, we weren't created that way. That's stupid. The more you think, <laughs> the more you think about it, the more stupid it becomes. So, so I would say, you know, really understanding how we work, how we work together, the nature of our bodies, we're, we are uh, self-healing detox systems. Mm we're we're told to to fear each other when we're kind of discounting all of these crazy toxins that were around i mean we've become more and more toxic as as time goes on we have you know cell towers radiating all around <sighs> us now right. um we you know we were our food is complete garbage especially here in america i mean i i look through the aisles at my grocery store and I don't know what to eat anymore because they're right. so loaded with preservatives and chemicals and, you know, it's, yeah. it's becoming very hard just to eat. So, and, you know, yeah, everything in our environment, our houses, I mean, you know, the, the plastics and the, and the, um, you know, the drywall of your very house is, is toxic. So, yeah, I was so surprised to see how much shit is in the things that we surround our newborns with, you know, not only oh, yeah. ourselves, but like, you know, the, the little lotions, the shampoos, the, even the, the clothes, the bedding, the mattresses that are flame, flame resistant. It's, yes. it's scary. They come it out is. of the safe space and then suddenly they're in this environment where not only do they have all of that, but then they also are being injected with random things. <laughs> right. Well, of course, the, those are the, the, you know, most toxic of all. They're injecting your kids and everybody else with these with these chemicals that they're that they're saying <laughs> are helping you from invisible viruses. Um, right. 
And what is your body going to do when, it, when exposed to toxins? It's going to detox them, right? right? So then you have these problems where your body is detoxing. It might come out as a, as a bump, you know, bumps on your skin. It might come out as an ear infection. It might come out as, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and then they try to tell you that that's normal or that's another problem. And then you need another vaccine for that or, you know, so yeah. it's, this, it's this vicious cycle that that big pharma created and the, you know, the medical industrial complex created for people. It's a never ending cycle of sickness and it's a never ending way for them to um, make money and, and take more control over the population. Right. And parents are shamed so much, you know, just that emotion of having shame and guilt. It's, it's so powerful for controlling people. <laughs> and yes. that's what I've noticed that. And also the separation between families, you know, whose families have vaccinated their children and whose haven't. And, right. and that, again, just coming from that point of creating the separation and not seeing the deeper connection between us all and, and everything. Yeah, for sure. They, they, they love to create that division. And I saw it happening. You know, a lot of my friends have kids and um, they're, friends, kids were not allowed to play with them mm -hmm. for a while. And it just, it created this huge rift between people. And, and, you know, anytime you see that happening, you really have to take a pause and, uh, and really look at what you're doing and your kind of ideology that you've become a part of. Right. Um, and it was really sad. It was really sad to see people not really understand what was happening and, and thinking that that's okay. Right. But that's how we're told to live. Right. So what about something like um, chicken pox or measles? Let's say measles as a virus. Like what, yeah. when a child gets it, looks like the next child is getting it or the next adult. What's that about? Yeah. And I want to emphasize, you know, we don't completely understand all of these things, but because we haven't studied them, we're too busy assuming that we're, you know, catching things from each other. So right. we talked about toxins and a lot, a lot of times we're, we're all exposed to the same toxic environments. We're eating the same foods. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're around bad air. We're around that cell tower. Who, you know, who knows what it is, mm -hmm. um, but we're exposed to these things. And even with chicken pox parties or whatever it is, you know, you'll <laughs> notice that some kids don't get it. Right. right. It's, it's like maybe like even the majority get it, but there's three or four that don't. Mm -hmm. But who do we who do we talk about? We talk about the kids that did get it. And right. we kind of just forget to mention the kids that didn't. Right. So, you know, I have friends that believe that there's there's an energetic thing to it. Um, it you know, if you're on kind of some kind of uh, vibe energetically and you need that detox, too, then it can happen. I'm not sure I really buy into that too much. Mm -hmm. um, some people think that it's a kind of like a maturation thing that happens. Um, but one thing we mm -hmm. do know is that it's not a sub-microscopic particle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that I can say. So we don't fully understand, you know, mm. why, why these things happen in groups sometime. But I think that a lot of it is we're, we're just all exposed to the same toxins at the same time. Mm -hmm. but, but we really need to delve, we really need to delve deeper into it to, to figure it out. Um, right. There's a mystery yeah. in it that nobody wants to get into that dark side, whatever is in there. People get mad sometimes because, you know, I might not give a clear enough answer. And they're like, 
they're like, well, you, you have to have an answer for this. And it's, it's like, well, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't need to have a better model to, mm-hmm. in order to refute a theory. Right. 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 So we're, we're refuting the virus theory because we've done the control experiments and we've, you know, we've never found a virus and we know it's not a microscopic particle. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's something else. <laughs> yeah. It's something right. else. And I, you know, I think it is mostly, I tend to believe it's toxins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't understand everything. You know, we're so based in materialist science that, right. you know, anything spiritual or emotional is kind of left out of the equation. Mm. So what, what are we actually putting into our, ourselves and our children if we do get a vaccine? What is what is usually in that that's creating? I don't know where I'm trying to go with this because still my mind is like blown with this whole thing as well. And just wondering <laughs> how we've got so deep into compulsory uh, immunizations and things like this, you know, it's like, so, so they give you an injection. They say mm-hmm. that this is going to protect you. It's going to build antibodies in case the virus comes in, something like that. But how can they get away with that? If that's, how can they say that if there's no evidence that anything that a virus is, is not going to enter your body, that it doesn't exist? Well, because they've fooled people in kind of, you know, the medical system is really based around people who, you know, they, they, they learn from an institution that's funded by big pharma. And you can look at the statistics on that, where it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, they fund all the the reading material and they, I mean, they basically give you the curriculum. So they're learning big pharma curriculum. They go in and they learn essentially how to follow a recipe. They mm-hmm. don't spend any time on like nutrition. They don't spend any time um, validating anything that they're really learning. They're just learning that this is the way it is and this is how you do it. And anybody else who says anything different is crazy. Mm-hmm. So you won't get any virologists who go into the system and like, you know, ask, well, where did you ever validate and characterize the virus? Mm-hmm. They don't ask that question. They're already told, like they, they filled in the gaps for them. Right. So that's the problem. And then you get all these people who like spend all this money to get a fancy degree mm-hmm. and they, you know, they meet somebody like me and they can't answer my very simple questions. Well, where did you, you know, I always ask them like, please show me any paper anywhere in the world where you ever isolated and purified a virus out of the liquids of a sick person, put it in a healthy host and cause disease. Mm-hmm. They lose their minds. They have no <laughs> idea how to answer it. They block me. You know, they call me a conspiracy theorist, an anti-vaxxer. Because they realize that their diplomas are toilet paper. Right, right. <laughs> so, and and I can see that firsthand because I wasn't I was only educated in one way. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't given the space to think or to even look outside of that. It wasn't even a consideration, you know? It's like it's it's mind-blowing. And that's that's the people that we're looking to for information. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be, you know, try and be rude to, to people. I'm sure there's a lot of people that mean well, you know, nurses and doctors, and they're just, they're, they're essentially ignorant. You know, yeah. they don't ask questions. They're, mm-hmm. they're, um, you know, they talk about science, but they don't really follow the scientific method because you can't, uh, you can't go on to Y when you don't have X in the, in right. the equation. So a lot of the times, you know, these, these healthcare workers, they're, they're doing what the, what they know to do, but 
they don't understand what they're doing, the harm that they're causing. And they, they believe that this uh, toxic soup, you know, the culture that I told you about earlier, that's mm -hmm. essentially what they're putting in vaccines, mm. um, along with other things. Like, I mean, there's aluminum in vaccines mm. usually. So uh, this rea I mean, reaction has been created. Yeah, absolutely. And then, just, you know, people get sick and they're saying, well, that, that means it's working. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, that doesn't mean it's working. That means you put something in your body that it, it hates. <laughs> right. Yeah. I see like when the children get their immunizations, the first ones, and some children will react really intensely with it, like high fevers. And then they have to take some more medication because they think by doing that, will, you know, it's a good thing to lower the temperature. You know, all these, this cascade of things and beliefs goes into yeah. this one, these, well, not even one injection, many injections. And so I really like the way that you've explained this and it, and it, do you know what it does? It, it holds a space for conversation to explore, to, um, to actually be a scientist, you know, to see that there's not, we're not at the end yet of this. There's still, there's still more research to be had and there's still lots more evidence that needs to come forward. So I really like your approach on this and I'm wondering, um, <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom. Like what, what can we do? Because people are getting sick and, you know, and we, we spoke about in the beginning, the toxins, what would your advice be for people to, yeah, stay healthy? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I'm not one of those people that is like super health freak, believe it or not. I don't, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not out there like eating McDonald's or anything, but I, <laughs> I, I look at the label of what I eat and, um, you know, I don't eat it if it contains any like preservatives or you know, uh, corn syrup and any of that. I try to stay away from like the, the, you know, the stuff that I know is, is not good for me and, uh, mm -hmm. eat as organic as I can. But I think it's important not to, to be too fearful and not to really like get into this mindset of like, Oh, everything is going to kill me or harm me. Because right. I think there is all, you know, the most dangerous thing is this kind of like fear and psychosomatic aspect of illness that people discount. And that's another thing I, sh I should have actually mentioned with your last uh, question. A lot of people get sick from believing that they can get sick. Mm -hmm. And yes. this is actually in mainstream literature, you know, the nocebo placebo effect. Right. I've so been reading the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton. Well, it's my second time. So that's yeah. mind blowing as well with all the things that you're saying, we can create yeah. these things. Oh, we absolutely can. And I, and I think a lot of people created that with, uh, you know, with the COVID thing, um, mm -hmm. because we were, I mean, we were pumped full of fear 24 seven, right. About right. You know, we're going to be attacked by this thing. Everybody's going to get sick. You know, you're going to, you might die. They're showing mm -hmm. bodies in freezer trucks. Right, um, right. So of course, you know, your, your mind is going to inform the rest of your body and everything, every resource in your body is going to go to those areas that need defense, right? It's going to put all right. your defenses, kind of batten down the hatches as it were, right? So, so like fight or flight, fight or flight kicks in and you don't yes. need your immune system when you're about to run away or fight. Yeah, ab absolutely. And uh, that's what I talk about, you know, when, when I'm talking about materialist sciences, like they don't really spend too much time on, on how our minds inform the rest of our bodies. I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Mm. I, I love that actually because once again it's it's empowering uh people 
to make their own decisions and see what's actually happening in the body. You know, the rest of it is just, okay, how do you want to live your life? What foods do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? Blah, blah, blah. But the first part is know what's going on inside your body. Then you'll for sure make different decisions if your health is important to you or your family's health. Absolutely. Yeah. So sorry to answer your, your question is, is just like, you know, eat the best you can and um, try and stay away from the obvious stuff. And I, mm -hmm. that's what I've done. And, you know, I haven't been sick since like early 2019, um, mm. which is crazy. And I, I actually think that it's more changing my belief system. Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot. You know, I have a bunch of friends who the same, same thing happened the second they kind of discarded germ theory they they haven't gotten sick they've been the healthiest they've ever been yeah that's important for sure fear is you know fear is damaging to the to the immune system you know and it's not even an immune system it's like it's flawed to even call it that because it it means that you're you have to be immune from something right that's, right. The, that's the attack uh -huh. war model again so you see how they've kind of yeah. like inserted themselves everywhere <laughs> right oh my gosh you must be going down so many paths with this <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's, but it, it opens your, your eyes up to so many different things. And then you start reading about other fields of study and how they haven't validated. I mean, you can read about DNA, how they've never even the, the double helix model is not even uh, validated. It, it's crazy. Oh my so, gosh. That'll be my next yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even gone down that path. Um, I'll wait for you to do it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this drives me crazy enough. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared today. And I would love for you to let our listeners know where they can find you and what you're offering in the world. Sure. Yeah. Well, I offer whatever I can, uh, but so far, <laughs> mostly episodes of my podcast where you can find on uh, Spotify, Apple, I'm on a bit shoot and Odyssey pretty much everywhere. And you can also find me at uh, a light on podcast on Instagram, um, where I'm kind of, I do some live streams every once in a while there and some, some crazy posts. So if you want to <laughs> follow, follow along with me, I would, uh, I would love that. Mom!